relevant to our interests is brought to you by Jerry's Boats, the only boat voted most delicious by an independent conclave of deep-sea horrors. Hey folks, quick content warning. If you don't want to hear about John and Frank's medical adventures, skip to 11 minutes and 15 seconds. All right. Hey, everybody. It's Frank. And with me as always is... I'm pointing to you. A parrot. Through the camera. A pirate. A pirate. pirate. With me as always is John the pirate. A pirate, which is a which is a parrot pirate. So actually, it's, he's John the fisherman. For those of you who know, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Hey. Anyway, so this is relevant to our interests, and today we're talking about the live action One Piece on Netflix. It's got a bunch and, of pirates. Uh, it's mostly just pirates, just doing pirate stuff. I would argue that even it's kind of a nice Marines. Point. It's frankly kind it's of, kind of a nice break from all the superheroes. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, we have. Well, I mean, it is. Of course, we haven't. We haven't even talked about superheroes since we rebooted this. Yeah, just being more in general because that's fair. I mean, I don't. I don't know if we will. Honestly, I don't know. Something really. Something really catches our attention. Like, yeah. Probably, maybe. But if anyway, it's, you know. Anyway, relevant to our interests. Yes, if it's relevant to our interests. Anyway, so to start off with, a little uh, little update on life, a little uh, up what's interesting, what what have you. Uh, we did last episode. We got a little personal. Uh, I talked about a new family member. John talked about uh, the game system he's working on. To this time, we're also going to be a little personal because John and I have had both had had hospital fun. Yeah. Uh, since we recorded the last episode, which is why the last episode was a week late. Uh, yeah. Although, so I, well, go ahead. No, I was going to say, although weirdly, it doesn't actually register as personal to me anymore because I have been in and out of hospitals so many times the last like seven or so years that yeah, it doesn't it's, even, it's, it's like, like, oh, it's oh yeah, no, yeah, like I, I I died for a little bit. It's it's all good. Don't worry about it. It's all, it's all good. Yeah. But anyway, uh, uh, you can go first actually if you want to. Yours is... Uh, the more serious in, in some ways, I think. Basically, uh, I had uh, some, because I have a, a stent, which is where they basically pop a couple of holes in your liver so that there's better blood flow. Um, and I had a couple of blockages in though in there because of some insurance fuckery. Um, and so... They kind of went in and roto rooted those uh, the the blockages, and yeah, I, I've been I've been mentioning to people, I've been telling this story, and people seem to believe that I'm like that. That's a that the whole roto rooter thing is like a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> it's really <laughs> not. Like they went in at, and I'm pointing to my I'm pointing to this little thing on my neck, and this is apparently just for Frank. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm the only one who can see it because yeah. it's not a video yeah, podcast. I know. I know. That's that, <laughs> basically that's exactly what I said, only with less words. It's uh, true. <laughs> but I don't care. I I'm had so I popped a little hole in my neck, went down in my veins, and like literally used a little and broke up the the, the blockages, exactly like you would. Use like like your big like get those big industrial snakes from the 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 plumber there. Now it wasn't actually a plumber that came in, at least as far as they told me. 
Um, but aside from that, well, did they, yeah, it's did they actually mention you know, who did it? Did they did they say this is the doctor that did the uh, actual surgery, or did they say, or did they just say this is the doctor? Um, the only contact I had because basically they popped me in, moved me to moved me to the bed they were doing in. There was some talk of a towel, and then they kind of they kind of shaved a really weird pattern in my chest hair. Um, <laughs> and that was that was for their amusement, not for well, any it's, real. It's like a, it reason. looks like a Tetris block, really, is what it is. This is like whoop whoop whoop. It's like a little C-shaped ch- Tetris block. It's very bizarre. Yeah. Um, but basically, they just like popped in, and they're like, "Oh, okay, you know, like uh, count back from ten. We're gonna hit you for with the hit you with the anesthetic." And I believe mm-hmm. that I hit. Uh, I believe I was asleep when they said eleven. Um, they didn't actually say eleven, but that's when I was asleep. By yeah, <laughs> which is okay. like Poof. so. It didn't take. It never does. And it, it, the few surgeries I've had. Where yeah, I mean, I've, I've had some where it, ta- where it like takes a while. Like, yeah, I mean, but this one was like it is the fastest that it has worked. It's just been like the end. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, Rotor Rooter John, yeah. you're still kind of recovering from that. Uh, yeah, basically, kind. Yeah. yeah, so he's a he's still in a little bit of pain. So forgive him. Yeah, a lot of, and it's a it's a it's a day by day thing. There's a. You know, some, and actually it's even like an hour by hour thing where, you know, sometimes I'm fine, just a little, sometimes I'll get like real kind of foggy. Um, yeah. Sometimes I'm in a fair bit of pain. Like today might actually be a two pain pill day, which I don't have, a, I don't have yeah. very many left. So I'm trying to not do that, but. That seems fair. Yeah. Uh, that sucks. I'm sorry, buddy. Yeah. My, my, my uh, medical situation was a detached retina. And for those of you who don't know, the eyeball is an actual ball in your head. And at the very back of it, there's this thin tissue called the retina that captures the light. And uh, it can become detached from the back of your eye. Uh, and it can happen because of a severe injury to your eye. Now, normally if that happens, you, you've got all sorts of problems, not just with your eye, but you know the surrounding area. Um, but it can also just happen just randomly, like literally there's no reason for it other than now it's detached. Good news is there's no pain. Uh, it doesn't hurt when it happens. Bad news is if you don't get it taken care of like ASAP, you will go blind effectively. So, uh, I got, uh, I got it taken care of as soon as I could. Um, fortunately I, my friend was able to take me out and we, uh, the day after I did realized it was going on. Um, and they did the surgery that day. Uh, I didn't have to get knocked out for it. I was actually awake, got a really cool light show and, uh, it was fun. It was good. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm still healing. I'm still effectively blind in my left eye. Um, it's not. It's it's slowly coming back. I've got a little like sliver of sight, but it's kind of clouded over because one of the side effects of the the surgery is uh, you develop a cataract. So they basically go in, make a little incision in your eyeball, put the retina back on the back of your eye, laser it to it, 
and then put a bubble of gas in your eye to kind of hold everything in place. And you have to to lay down face for face down or on your one of your sides, depending on what eye it is, uh, we, for a week. We, and then you have to continue to kind of sleep on your side for the next we, month or so after that, two months or so after that. We may so, need to throw uh, like a, a mild body horror uh, content <laughs> warning at the beginning of this. <laughs> <laughs> just between what I said and what you said, I'm like, you know, maybe, you know, I, you know, I can, I can actually, th- I can actually throw that on. Uh, warning: the next ten minutes is <laughs> sort of nightmarish. Kinda, <laughs> it has to do with kinda medical kinda content. Kinda gross there. Yeah. Although, but anyway, I do. But I, yeah, I'm, I, I am healing. I have one other comment I need to, I need to make there. Okay, and it's that. Uh, Particularly at the beginning, you kind of it kind of faded a little bit. But particularly at the beginning, when you're telling that story, uh-huh. you sounded so much like a fourth grade teacher, like slowly explaining, slowly explaining to the kids, like, "Oh no, 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 it's okay. We're just." <laughs> <laughs> well, I've explained this to I've explained this to people, and 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 inevitably everybody asks, "Well, how how did how did it happen?" And it's like there's literally. If it's going to happen to you, there's nothing you can do to prevent it from happening. It's just going to happen, and you have no idea until it does. So basically, Frank uh, has angered God, and uh, he is being punished for his his sins. Hubris, yeah, my hubris. So anyway, a little bit hubris, but mostly hubris. Yeah, yeah. So that's what's going on with us. That's kind of. uh, that's why we relate with the Alan Wake episode. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why we're actually not that it affects any, the listeners because we're going to be putting this out on time. Well, kind of, it kind of does because we would have probably put this out before Christmas had we yeah. had you not gone into the hospital. Yeah, we probably um, would have had an actual like Christmas thing next week. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't want to do. I would actually, I'm actually glad it worked out the way it is because yeah. you got to put out the winter exports episode, and I like, I really I like do. that episode. Yeah, I really like that one. So anyway, so anyway, that is uh, what's going on with John and I. And next time, we may actually have something unrelated to hospital stays. Yeah. Uh, or we'll be dead. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. It would ter- yeah, that would ter- that's terrible. That's, that would suck. Anyway, hey, what, are you, what are you drinking there, John? What do you got? What do you got sipping on? It there? is a Kirkland Signature gluten-free organic fruit and vegetable pouch. Wow. It looked like baby food. So I was just. It functionally is, but it's like <laughs> the good baby food, the kind of baby like, food that you're like, why did I give that to a baby? He didn't need it. He didn't need that. He's not going to know any better. Fuck yeah. that baby. <laughs> give, him, give him the garbage food. I don't know if we'll we actually leave that in. It just kind of depends <laughs> on how. Kind of depends on. Kind of depends on how long this episode is. <laughs> anyway, so here we go. All right, so today we're talking about the live-action One Piece on Netflix. Uh, before we dive into it, <clears throat> we're going to give a couple of statements. Uh, one, we're not going to be doing hardly any comparison with the manga or the anime. Um, I might mention a few things towards the mm-hmm. end of our discussion about the anime yeah. specifically, but... Uh, John has not watched the anime, nor has he read and, the manga. And I adamantly refuse to. And he adamantly refuses to. 
I have started watching anime. I've actually watched the East Blue arc. So I've watched the, the stuff that the first season covers. I've, I've watched that in the anime. But that's the extent of my uh, viewing. I haven't read the manga. And uh, neither of us are, are experts on that. So um, you, it would behoove us to go into any kind of detail about the anime or the uh, manga because we would be speaking out of ignorance. Now, that said, I do want to give a little background on One Piece and, and what it is. But keep it, this is basically two middle-aged dudes who don't have a lot of back information on it talking about it. Yeah. Now, this is for not this is not for people who are already fans of the manga or the anime. Yeah. Because you're going to know more than us. And we will just infuri- we will just infuriate you with our uh, ignorance and This is port. this is for people who don't know a lot about it. Yes. So, I would give you a timestamp to jump to, but we haven't gotten to that that part, so Yes. You know, skip ahead like 5 or 6 minutes. <laughs> um or if you don't want to listen to us talk about it. Yeah. So, like I said, this is not an exhaustive history of the manga or the anime, and there are far better people that can go over this information who have gone over this information. Um, but just just give people a little bit of familiarity. Uh, first off, One Piece, as many anime, started off as a manga. Uh, it's written by Akira Oda, who was inspired by Akira Tori- Toriyama, who is the creator of Dragon Ball, and also one of the artists for uh, Dragon Quest video game franchise hmm. um and uh, why did i never make that oda, connection holy shit like it is so obvious <laughs> sorry just like motherfucker <laughs> why did i not like so so oda was a fan of uh akira toriyama's dragon ball stuff and as a kid and he also was very fascinated with vikings and pirates and stuff um oda first got his job uh, with Weekly Shonen Jump when he uh, submitted his first mag- man- manga with a magazine in the early 90s. I neglected to put the what year, but I think it was like 93 or 94. Uh, he was still a teenager when that happened. He also, while he was there, he studied, studied under several uh, well-known manga artists, including Shinobu. Manga Kai. I think Itani. Manga Kai is the proper term. Manga Kai. Yeah. yeah. I always fuck it up. When I say it. Okay. Well, say I don't it, know why I hear you fuck it up for my own amusement. Manga Kai. Manga Kai. There we go. See? You got it. You're good. He started fleshing out an idea he wrote called Romance Dawn in the mid-90s, which introduced the character Monkey D. Luffy. He then he expanded upon it and created One Piece, which was first published in August of 1997. The uh, original idea was that he was going to only have it be a five-year story arc. <laughs> it's now been almost 25 years. <laughs> and uh, it's probably going to be 30 before he finishes it because he is, uh, according according to him, he's on the last major arc of the, of the manga. Yeah. So probably three or four more years and he'll have it wrapped up. Um, but it very quickly become a weekly feature for weekly shonen jump and he's been writing it ever since it currently currently has 107 volumes as of this recording with 1101 chapters uh and like i said he stated that he's going to be concluding the story arc and so we should have a conclusion soon um as far as the anime the anime which is pretty closely based on the manga 
started in 1999 and is currently in its 21st season, uh, <clears throat> with each season corresponding to a story arc and having a variable number of episodes. It's produced by Toy Animation, and there's currently t- 1,088 episodes as of the recording of this podcast. Um, and then finally, the live action was developed by Matt Owens and Stephen Maida for Netflix with Kaiji Productions, Tomorrow Studios, and Shuisha uh, as the production companies behind it. And Owens and Maida brought Oda in as an executive producer and have consulted with him very closely with the live action. And it's pretty apparent if you know anything about the manga and if you know anything about the... Uh, the anime and how the live action played out. Um, the series has been approved with for a second season and apparently most of the scripts are finished. So they should be hopefully starting to film that soon. John and I have discussed this. So we, we, we go over in pretty deep detail. If you don't want any spoilers and this is your chance to bow out. Um, also, but, if you don't want any spoilers, why the hell are you listening to our podcast? <laughs> yes, he asks that question every time I, I bring up spoilers, but he's got a good point. So each thing we talk about, we, we talk about it from the perspective of what makes most sense for that thing. Sometimes it's going to be uh, how it relates to the genre it is. Sometimes it's going to be like just a full plot because the plot is the central key. In this case... Uh, we're going to approach it from the characters because the characters are really what make this what it is. Oh yeah, the plot is what it is, but each each character's plot is sort of interwoven with each other in such a way that that uh, you kind of need to focus on each character. And well, we're not going to be exhaustive. Um, it's not going to be a full play by play play. But um, and and not but, to yeah. and not to invite uh, um weeps to stab me to death uh, next time I enter the card shop. But um, One Piece isn't exactly profound, a profound plot. No. Like it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. It's very, it's, it's, it's fairly simple. Some of the world building it's, elements and how they affect the plot, those, those I can say can get a little complex yeah. there. But at the end of the day, it's, it's a lot of like, go from this place to this place. Yeah. Some. It's a, it's a very much, uh, you arrive in a, in this place, save the day from whatever baddies there and then move on. Um, yeah, it's very much <clears> a shonen. Yeah. Very much which, a shonen which plot is fine. structure. It, it, it's a, it's a fun thing because that's not the, that's not what's most important oh, yeah, to no. the story. It's the characters mm-hmm. and the characters' background and the characters and yeah. how they interact and, and how they develop. So the major characters, first off, of course, Monkey D. Luffy. Um, and the way I have this, my notes set up is basically I have what they want most and then kind of a beat by beat that sort of sets them on their way to that. So Monkey D. Luffy wants to be king of the pirates. And he wants to find... Uh, Gold D. Rogers' hidden treasure called the One Piece. Now, Rogers is this pirate you see at the very beginning. He gets executed, but right before he dies, he he basically says, hey, you can get everything you want, everything, everything you desire, if you go out and find the One Piece. And it sets off what's called the Great Pirate Era in this world, and everybody just goes nuts. And yeah. so you've 
And so, well, and they also, at least from where I have have seen and and read, there is no explanation as to what the One Piece is. There is not. It's alluded to that it's basically one, like, all of his treasure, but he never says what his treasure is. Yeah, but but I mean, it's 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 alluded to, it's implied, but it's never outright said. And yeah. the one thing that I will say with this, with this, this particular world, um, if they don't say it explicitly, then they are probably lying to you. <laughs> it's, it's fair. That's fair. So as a kid, Luffy is in this little village. I can't remember the name of the, the little town he's in, but uh, it's a stop off for some pirates and a particular crew, the crew of redhead shanks. Um visits and it sort of makes it at space for a while. And Luffy becomes guns comes to idolize Shanks, uh, because Shanks is actually a pretty cool guy yeah. and his crew is pretty cool. Um, and, uh, every time Shank comes into port, uh, Luffy asks, Hey, I want to join your crew. And finally to try to prove that he's like brave, he tries to cut his eye. Uh, he misses and, and hits his cheek. And then in, a, uh, act of rebellion, almost, not not really. Basically, he, he finds the, the cask that Shanks has this thing called the devil fruit in and decides, fuck it, I'm going to eat this. Yeah. It, even though it apparently tasted terrible. Uh, <laughs> and the, what the devil fruits are, are these magical fruits that exist in this world, and each one conveys a different power onto the, the person who consumes it. The devil fruit that Luffy ate was called the gum gum fruit, yeah. and it basically made him a rubber person. <laughs> um, so he can... The other, the other important fact with the devil, devil fruit, is that it makes the sea literally hate you. Yes, actually, have that. The trade-off is, yeah, uh, he can't swim and he's weak in the uh, in the yeah. ocean. But and and mm-hmm. the, the thing that I find the like the the coolest because it's it's in at, at least the way I at least the way I read it the couple of times that you see. Luffy mm-hmm. fall into the fall into the sea there. It's not just, you know, oh, he can't swim or or like the oh he's like he's weak there. It's like he falls in and it like you can like watch it's like the and he just can't do anything. Like he's just like yeah. he's the the he literally cannot swim. Like he couldn't get like like looking they had it like he his arms couldn't get purchase in the water. Like it was like the, the the physics of how swimming works just completely failed on him because these because the the sea hates these devil fruit. Yeah, so he so he's got these powers, but he's this trade off is in a in a world that is predominantly ocean, he can't exist in the ocean itself. <laughs> Shortly after the uh, consumption of the devil's fruit, some raiders attack the village one of them grabs Luffy and takes him out to sea and Shanks saves Luffy from both the Raider and from a, a giant sea monster. Uh, the trade-off though is uh, Shanks loses his arm. Um, yeah. And Shanks and the crew decide to leave and Shanks explains to Luffy like, hey, we're not coming back. But he gives him his straw hat and says, next time you see me, give me the hat back. Yeah, I want this back. You 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 go after your dreams and become a pirate, and when you see me next, give me the hat back. Decades go by, 
And Luffy takes to the sea in a small boat, which slowly sinks. In order to save himself, he hides in a barrel. And he's rescued by the pirate captain, Alvida. And, well, he's not rescued by her. Yeah. She, he's 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 inadvertently yeah. picked up by her men. And uh, that's where he meets and befriends Kobe, who he helps rescue from Alvida, who's... She wants, she's the most feared pirate on the sea. Um, At least that's what she claims. Yeah. She murders, she murders some folks. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, but murders some folks doesn't exactly have the same like weight of terror as it, uh, as it does like in, in other settings. No. (laughs) You know, Luffy fights Alvita and they, and both him and Kobe escape, uh, off the ship yeah. in head to shell shells item yeah. where Luffy meets the other members of his crew. Yeah. This, this is also a point that, that I've realized that I think is kind of hilarious that regardless of whether, how good a pirate he is and depending, you know, like towards the end, he's starting to be a pretty decent pirate. Um, Luffy is a God awful sailor. <laughs> oh yeah. He, he has, has no really clue. Bad. <laughs> he's, he's no clue. Kobe, who is a little bit better of a sailor than Luffy is, uh, explains to Luffy that he wants to be a Marine. And Kobe's kind of the next kind of major character. Yeah. Um, he wants to help the weak and innocent from those that would hurt and take advantage of him. Um, he was captured by Alvida and forced to be her cabin boy and clean up the deck after her murders and executions and paint her toenails and basically yeah. just kind of a whipping boy. Um, but I, he, he confesses... Sorry, I, saying, I do have to say that I love the, the the first image we get of her is seeing the big boat and it's just got a giant heart on the sa- heart on the sail, and then when you yeah. actually like meet her, she's just like mur- she's just murdering people. Yeah, it's that's one thing I like the how the, how the pirates are very themed. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Kobe confesses to Luffy that he's he's always wanted to be a Marine. He always he's always wanted to help protect the innocents. He has an admiration for the Marines, and he detests pirates. Um, when they actually get to Shell's Island to the to the base to Shell's Town, um, he unfortunately discovers that there are bad Marines too. Um, case in point, uh, Hell Meppo and a bunch yeah. of the Marines that follow him. He decides to still join the Marines after everything that happens on Shell's town. It's in spite of what he witnesses there. But at Shell's town, uh, the reason Luffy decides to go there is because he figures there, there might be a map to the Grand Line, which the one piece is thought to be somewhere on the Grand Line, which is this line, basically kind of the equator that divides the world in quarters with the red line. While trying to sneak into the base, he encounters uh, Roranora Zoro. Roronoro Zoro is a swordsman and a bounty hunter, a pirate bounty hunter. Yeah. And he wants to be the greatest swordsman in, in who ever lived, which is a promise he made to his childhood friend, Kuina. Yeah. He carries three swords around, two black katanas and one white katana, which happened to be Kuina's. He met Kuina when he was training in a dojo, and she was the only one who could beat him. Um, she was the only other person at the dojo who was better than him. They basically made kind of a vow. He made a promise to her that he, he would best her and be, become the <clears throat> the greater, the greatest swordsman. And uh, she dies in an accident. And so this vow becomes sort of very somber for him. 
and he took her sword uh, in honor of that. And the first time you see him, he actually fights a member of the Baroque Works, which is a mysterious organization of swordsmen, and defeats him. And uh, he's in Shellstown to turn in the bounty of the swordsman that he defeated, the Baroque Works guy that he cut in half. While he's drinking in the bar at Shells Island, uh, in Shellstown, Hal Meppo, who is the son of Axehand Morgan, knocks a plate of rice balls down on the ground and uh, threatens a young girl who's holding them. Zorro kicks the shit out of Helmeppo and several of his Marines and then uh, turns the bounty in and is punished for beating up Morgan's son by being uh, crucified in the yard. Helmeppo steals his so- swords and uh, Luffy frees him and Zorro goes and gets his sword back and fights Morgan with Luffy and Nami. No. Nami is a young woman who is a thief, essentially. No. She's also a navigator, and she also wants to create a map of the world. She's been fascinated with maps since she was a little girl. Yeah. The, I, they also, in the in the d- design, I know it's, it's pretty obvious there, but they did a really good job of having her distinctly look like the manga and the anime versions, mm-hmm. but having her be very desexualized which is yeah is, i was quite impressed with and i really i really like her her design because it's clearly nami from the from the things there but it's not but it's not just like you know that that ridiculous i'm gonna snap my back um uh over sexualized uh thing that happens in a lot of a lot of anime and manga yeah they really kind of pull back from the over-sexualization of the character. Um, as, a, as a young girl, Nami would still, in the village, one of the things she stole was a big atlas of maps from a local shop. Um, her mom made her return it, and they worked out a deal with the, the constable uh, where she can maybe do chores and stuff to get the map. But right shortly after that, the Arlong pirates, um, and we'll talk a little bit more about Arlong in detail in a, in a little bit, but... Arlong and his pirates are fishmen and they attack the village and uh, Nami's mom. One thing to bear in mind, Nami and her sister Nojiko are adopted, but Nami's mom, Belle Marie, uh, or Belle Mare, hide Nami and her sister when the, when the pirates attack underneath the house. So Arlong will only ask for the berry, which is the currency they use in this world, for one person. He figures out that there's three people there and... He takes the berry in exchange for Belmere's life. I I know I'm not doing a lot of comparison, but I will say in the anime, that scene is so much darker <laughs> than it is in the in the live action. It's one of the it's that was the first time watching through the anime where I was like, holy shit, this is really, really bleak. Um, but anyway. Yeah, it kind of it kind of seems like they were aiming for like a, a kind of a PG thirteen. Uh, it's it's kind of the same way. It is. I mean, it's not explicit. Well, it is explicit, but it's not explicit because it's done in silhouette in mm-hmm. the anime. Um, but that's the one moment in the anime I think, uh, where they have scenes that correspond, um, in the live action, where it feels less than and more. Like a lot of the other mm. scenes that correspond in the anime, like Zeph and Sanji on the island and stuff, yeah. the the live action feels more. 
the same with uh with like shanks rescuing uh luffy from the sea monsters and like all of that so that's the one where it feels like they pulled back a little bit but yeah anyway um nami goes to arlong and basically offers to be his cartographer and slave um she makes a deal with him if she's able to get 100 million berries then he has to let the village go but until then he basically collects tribute from them like yearly or quarterly i wasn't entirely sure how often he did it i got the impression it was often enough to make it unbearable for the people there while she continued to uh, be his cartographer and and draw his maps. She would take advantage. Uh, He eventually kind of made her a full crew member. She's one of the only humans who's a crew member of his pirates. And she took advantage of that to be able to slip in and steal stuff and steal treasures to meet that quota. Um, When we first see her, she's stolen a boat from some of Buggy's pirates. Um, Buggy the clown is a pirate captain and uh, she sailed the Shells Island because she's also heard that the map of the to the Grand Line is there, and uh, she ends up meeting up with Luffy in the in the base, and they go and steal the map together. They steal the safe the map's in, and then uh, they all team up with they team up with Zoro and have a big fight with Axe Hand Morgan. That's basically the first episode, kind of the first story arc, yeah. first beat, yeah. They go on to meet Buggy the Clown, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, the next straw hat is Usopp. And Usopp is a, a notorious liar. Uh, literally, it's just the boy who cried wolf. Yeah. And yeah. in his whole story arc, that's kind of what it is. He, he lives in a, in a place called Syrup Village. Um, when he was younger, his mom oh. was sick. Oh, and his, his father left to be a pirate. He's actually one of Shanks pirates named Yasop. So <laughs> you see him a few times in Luffy's no. flashbacks <clears throat> and at the end, but yeah. Anyway. Um, but uh, one of the things that was interesting is uh, when the casting first came out, Usopp was one of the characters that there was a huge, that there was kind of an uproar amongst some of the fans because, you know, like they'd, they'd, uh, change they, they changed his race um there yeah. but but the thing the thing is and there's there's a couple that there's a, a couple of characters that are that are that way in the show but oda brought in oda had been brought in and was a was like a full part of all of the casting mm-hmm. for this and his response his response the creator of it was like yeah, he's he's always been like it's always been the it's always been the case, like you know, like with with Luffy Luffy being Brazilian and um, yeah. and uh, Usopp being uh, being black and the whole it, and it is one of those scenes where if you watch the anime, it, it looks it, Usopp comes as as biracial. Uh, he kind of yeah. comes he reads yeah. as biracial in the anime. But if you actually see some of the flashbacks with his mom, which doesn't happen until a little later on, they don't happen quite when they do in the in the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the flashbacks with his dad, his dad is very white in the anime. <laughs> <laughs> and his mom is too. And it's one of those scenes where it's like, Something doesn't connect here because he does read as, as biracial. Yeah, he does I mean, well, as- he's got he, like he he has he has a lot of like the the, the hair. There's a lot of uh, 
the uh, you know you're, you're coded like he's fairly yeah clearly coded coded black. I yeah. think it works. I think it works well. Like I think it's mm-hmm. it's it's oh, great. Yeah. No, I, I think the, it, yeah. Like I, I think if if there, one of the things that this that this show does really well, like one, and I know this is like later on there, the casting is immaculate, and and we'll delve in more to it. Yeah, there, and, but yeah, but anyway, Usopp is a liar, and he's been a liar his entire mm-hmm. life. Part of it is because he he wants to be part of, he wants to be a pirate. He wants to be a pirate captain. He he has this sort of dream of joining his father. You, you know, I, I'd almost, I'd almost say, at least from what I've seen, I'd say he's more of just the, like, not he's a storyteller. He's like the story. He has he's the the it's tall tales, the tall yeah. tales thing more than like explicitly a a liar, particularly when he's dealing with his 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 one his one friend. Yeah. When he's talking to Kaya, yeah, it's, I agree. It's very much when he's running through the village saying the pirates are coming. Yeah. I think that is very explicitly, uh, he's just lying, but it's because it's something he he apparently does on a daily or a weekly basis to the consternation of everyone in the town. Um, but he ends up, he's where he works at this local shipyard, which is uh, owned by a young woman, uh, named Kaya, but it's her family's shipyard. Um, she's close to his age. She's also kind of sick, um, which is due to her butler and his two crew members. Yeah. Uh, Claudor and Sham and Bucci. Um, but Usopp goes to her and he makes, and he makes up these wild stories, uh, to her about his adventures as a pirate captain. Um, <clears throat> he meets Luffy after Luffy sees the going Mary, the ship that he's working on and becomes like, yes, this is the, this is the boat that I want. Yeah. Um, he takes her to meet Kaya and Kaya invites the straw hats and Usopp to stay the night, mm-hmm. which is serendipitous because it sort of disrupts Claudor and his crew's plans to murder Kaya and take on over. Her, yeah. the uh, On her 18, on her 18th birthday. So they're able to claim, like claim the, the claim your fortune. Yeah. He Claudor is able to to murder her lawyer, Mary. Yeah. And but they they are they are thwarted by the by the straw hats. Um they discover what's going on. Nami uh and Usopp sort of rescue uh Kaya and Luffy ends up defeating Claudor. Mm-hmm. So next they travel to uh, the bar- Baratier, which is a large restaurant ship. Yeah, I also think by... it's the longest arc of in, in in this show. Like, uh, it's the same amount of time as the the Serp Village arc because both of those are two episodes. Oh, okay, so basically, we kind of skipped it. So basically, the first episode is the Shells Town mm. arc. The next episode is Buggy the Clown. Um. And then Baratier's two episodes, and then Coco Village's two episodes and ends it. Um, but they get to they get to uh, Baratier, and there they meet Sanji. Uh, Sanji wants he's a young chef, and uh, he wants to find the all blue, which is uh, something he's been obsessed since he was a little boy, and it's basically the place where all of the seas meet. 
and there's fishes and spices and, and everything there that nobody's ever seen before. So basically every fish from every ocean you can find there. Um, and ones that no one has ever seen. Yes, exactly. Sanji is a cook's helper on a large passenger ship when Red Lake Zeph and, his, and the cook pirates attack them during a storm. Zeph confronts Sanji after Sanji threatens to kill him for trying to season his sauce. And they're both kind of caught off guard. Oh, Zeph's caught off guard when, when Sanji mentions the all blue. Um, and uh, during this encounter, both ships capsize, sink, and Zeph and Sanji are the only survivors. They are stuck on an island, which is fucking horrifying. That island gives me nightmares that they're stuck on. Um <laughs> Cause it's basically like a mushroom shape that comes out of the, out of the uh, ocean with like jagged rocks all around. I, oh, yeah. I want to, I want to yeah. know how they got off of that damn thing. I, I what, what boat like sailed close enough to like allow them to get down off of it. But, oh, um, yeah, God, that's beautiful. That, that's a beautiful scene. But Zeph give, has two bags, a small bag and a large bag. And he gives Sanji the small bag. Cause Sanji's like 10 tells him, this is your food. Go to the other side of the island. Watch for ships. Don't bother me until you've found a ship. They go for like two months. Uh, finally, Sanji runs out of food. And out of desperation, he he goes over to the other side of the island, basically saying, like, if Zeph doesn't give me food, I'm going to kill him or die trying. Mm-hmm. And when he gets there, he sees that Zeph's bag's still full. So he's like, why do you still have so much food? And then he discovers that the bag is full of treasure and not actually food. And also discovers that Zeph has slowly been eating chunks of his leg to survive. To stay alive, yeah. He had oh. actually given Sanji all the food that he had. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it's one of those moments. There's two moments in this that really, well, there's three moments. The first one's actually in Usopp, the very end of that first uh, Serp Town episode, where mm. Usopp is sitting on the ground and he's like, why won't anyone believe me? The pirates are here. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that, that like, that was like, oh, yeah. a punch to the gut. The next one is uh, when Sanji asks Zeph, he's like, why would you do this for a stranger? You don't hardly even know me. And Zeph goes, because you're the first person I know that who's, who's also, who also wants to find the all blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And believes in the, believes in the all blue. And the third one I'll talk about when we talk about Arlong. Um, yeah. Cause it has to do with that last story arc. Yeah, but that, but that, that, that trust us that that particular scene there is just yeah, it's fantastic. It's well acted. Uh, like, uh, the guy who plays um, can't remember Zeph. his name. Old, old Zeph. Yeah, the guy who plays Zeph. Like, yeah, uh, that's it's he uh, is just fantastic. Frank Fairbrass is the name of the actor who plays Zeph. Yeah, and he's and he well, and he's, he has this frankly just amazing ability to both be gruff like gruff and in your face and also like uh empath like em- empathic and caring yeah like at the same time that is just it- it's an astounding it's an astounding bit of acting frankly he's he's um, yeah like i say we're gonna we'll talk we're gonna talk about the cast and stuff quite a bit oh yeah yeah no it's just like that, that one i just about had to get out while i was thinking about yeah it. no no i get it i get it so anyway, yeah. Once they're off the island, and it doesn't show them how they how they get off the island. Uh, Zeph opens up the Baratie, which is a giant 
ship. Now, the Straw Hats discover the Baratier because Luffy leads them there with his keen sense of smell for food after being attacked by Vice Admiral Garp, who we're, we'll talk about in and, detail in a minute. And they'll need to run into uh, Fog. And they, they, in order to escape him, they, they run into Fog into the Fog. And then, and that's another thing with the anime, apparently. Well, it, it, it's very apparently, I mean, like Luffy sniffs out food. That's the only way he can navigate is if there's food involved, basically. <laughs> um, he is such a terrible sailor. Like, I, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love how bad a sailor he is. Yeah, it's great. And so, uh, Sanji, uh, they, he meet, they meet Sanji and l- they run up this massive tab and Zeph basically, forces Luffy to work in the kitchen because he doesn't have any money. He gives him an IOU, <laughs> yeah. which is one of my f- favorite moments. Like who is He's monkey? Like, D. Come, Luffy? Back, come, back and t- come back and talk to the chef. Come back and talk to the chef. So, uh, but while they're in the kitchen, he just kind of discovers what kind of person Sanji is because this <clears> sailor <throat> pounds on the door and is basically starving. He's washed up on Baratie and Sanji cooks a meal and feeds it to him. Uh, that's when Luffy decides this is the person we need on our crew for our, our cook. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but Garp, Vice Admiral Garp, uh, we're going to just come out and say it is Luffy's grandfather. Um, yeah, they they, they kind of tease that out. They tease that out for a long time, like it's a big secret to a lot of the. Well, I didn't. I had no idea when I when I watched the ep- yeah. the anime the first time. I was like, holy shit, that's fun. If I had watched the anime, I would have known. But live watching the live action, I was like, oh. Yeah. I was I was sort of surprised. You're like, oh, that, yeah, yeah, no. It, I'm not, basically they did a really good, they did a good job of of um, doing that. Yeah, revealing it. Of the reveal, the reveal was really solid. But but Vice Admiral Garp, he shows up in the second episode. He ends up going to Shellstown because Axan Morgan basically tells you know reports that hey, I lost the map to the Grand Line that I had. Uh, we were invaded by this vicious crew of pirates and Garp hears the description and knows that it's Luffy. Um, yeah. And so while he's there, he, he uh, gets Kobe and Helmeppo who is basically kind of forced to join up the Marine actually become mm-hmm. a actual Marine instead of just a spoiled brat with his own little group of Marines. And because mm-hmm. uh, Helmeppo's Axan's son who causes trouble. And, uh, yeah, Garp decides to go after Luffy. Um, they're kind of following him through the first several episodes till they get to, uh, Syrup Village. And then they're able to track him down because they see them on the going Mary. And Garp attacks, uh, and Luffy uses his rubber man powers to bounce the cannonball that Garp picks up and throws at them with, with the velocity of a cannon yeah. back and actually take out one of their I cells. Think, I think that's the first, that's the fir- like Garp's reaction, I think is the first clue is the first kind of big clue that there's definitely something more than just yeah. you're a pirate and I need to track you down. Yeah. With Luffy. It becomes obsessed and it becomes very weird. And the, the next thing he does is he, he gets, he contacts, uh, uh, one of the warlords of the sea named Dracul Mihawk to go mm-hmm. and hunt Luffy down. Great character. And very quickly, even though I have notes for him later, 
Mihawk shows up at Baratier and uh, discovers Luffy, like he does, discovers the Straw Hats. And as soon as um, Zoro finds out who he is, he challenges him to a duel. And Mihawk, who has this giant ass sword that he uses to literally sink a boat, like, like it, when he's it, introduced, it's it's, it's it's the size of a fucking crucifix. Yeah. Like it is like you could crucify someone on this son of a bitch. Yeah. And in, in the notes, I actually have his name of his sword. Um, Yoru, the name of the giant sword, Yoru. Mihawk's one of the seven warlords of the sea. And we're actually going to take care of him right now. And he, he fights, uh, he fights Zoro and he takes this tiny little, like what looks like a crucifix that's hanging from his thing. So he's got like the size of a cross on his back. That's his main sword. Yeah. That he literally uses to sink a ship and he pulls the the little crucifix off and poof, it's like this tiny little sword. And yeah, Zoro's it, like it's like it's like it's like a little knife. It's yeah. it's like a it's it is sharper than a letter opener, but uh it's like like steak knife size blade. Yeah. Like he he literally uh says when Zoro's like, why don't you fight me with your big blade? And the quote is, you don't bring a cannon to a gunfight. But he defeats him with that little sword very handedly. Yeah. Yeah. But but at at the end, Zoro earns enough of his earns enough of his respect where he's like, you know what? If you're going to die, you know what? You you've proven that you deserve to die with with, uh, the the named sword, the big one. Mm hmm. So he puts, yeah, he pulls Yoru out and he, and he slices Zoro down with it. And then he's like, I'm not going to kill you here. Come find me when you're stronger. And you, yeah. And, uh, so yeah, so that's kind of got a nice. Yeah. That was a, that was, that was, I I liked that. I liked that. Um, I mean, it's another one of those like real common shonen tropes, the, uh, yeah. You know, those there, but I thought it, it was handled well. Um, and I really like, like I said, and I really liked that uh, there was already a relationship sort of building between those two characters. Yeah. Even though it was just the one fight. Mihawk, after defeating defeating Zoro, lets Luffy go and basically goes back to Garp. I let him go and, t- and tells Garp, "Hey, I let him go." And Garp's like, "Why did you? I told you to bring him back." And he's like, "Yeah, I thought it'd be more interesting just to let him let him go, <laughs> basically." <laughs> Um, yeah. Garp arrives at Baratier after Luffy and crew leave. And while he's there, uh, Zeph basically says, look, our generation of pirates and Marines are done. We need to let the next group, we need to let like, the next generation take over. Yeah. And Garp kind of, kind of dismisses him about it and follows Luffy to, uh, Coco village, which is the last place. Mm-hmm the the story goes and while at coco village he uh basically fights luffy uh and defeats him but he he does it in a sense to test luffy to see if he's actually ready to go to the grand line and be a pirate and uh that's what the entire thing with garp is is he's out there basically trying to test luffy it's like i trained you to be a marine clearly you don't want to be like clearly you don't want to be so prove to me that you're going to be a good a good pirate. Yeah, and which uh, I, which, I, which I I really liked. Like I thought that was really cool. Particularly yeah. once he, um, he uh, kind of uh, gave up 
yeah uh towards the end there and so uh and after that the like one of the last scenes of the not the last scene but one of the last scenes is garp's like all right he takes kobe and helmeppo and he says you guys want to be you know you want me to train you to be marines or your training starts tomorrow and, uh, and Colby has a boner so big his brain dies. Yeah. And uh <laughs> but 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 it's this but this is the point where Garp kind of accepts what Zeph says um about uh the next generation the, the, taking the over. New guard. Yeah. yeah. Um a few of the side characters, so those are the main those are the main characters, those are the main ones. Five of the the five straw hat pirates and then Kobe and Garp. Um there are obviously other characters we mentioned. Axan Morgan, he's the Marine commander of Shells Island. Yeah. He's a he's a vain and self-centered blowhard. Um and he's not a really good commander. He he lies to Garb no, about how is, the map was stolen. He he is not good at his job. No. Uh and he is considerably toned down in the in the live action than he is in the anime. I'd imagine. Um Fun fact, because one thing that comes up, and we're, we'll be talking about Claudor here in a second, whose real name is Captain Kuro of the Black Cat Pirates, but mm-hmm. uh, Axan Morgan defeats Captain Kuro of the Black Cat Pirates, just how Claudor is able to hide um, as a butler to Kaya's family. Axan Morgan's kids, Helmeppo, as we've mentioned, um, when we meet him, he's a very conceited and spoiled brat. Well, it takes him. It takes him a while to to get past that. It is, but and, and yeah, and, and by, I think, and a lot of that is from just just Kobe. Yeah. Well, he watches and um, sees how what Kobe does, and and kind of begins to recognize that oh, Kobe's actually what a marine should be. He's actually a decent person. Yeah. Well, and also he's get he is getting the praise and the attention that I want from my dad from Garp. Yeah. But maybe I can get some of that. I, I think more importantly. He becomes friends with Kobe. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, I, I, I just think that I, I, I do think that there is some distinct daddy issues, like daddy oh, issues there is. with uh, there absolutely him is. with the with the with the Garp thing there. But yeah, no, I think there you definitely I think him him befriending Kobe. But I think he befriended Kobe because Kobe was getting all the attention from yeah. Um, it was it was one of convenience, friendship of convenience. More than it was. Yeah, and it's going to become more like an actual friendship there. Yeah. Um, one of the characters we sort of skipped over that I actually kind of want to go into a little bit more detail about, one of the side characters, yeah. Buggy the Clown. Oh, I hate Buggy so the Clown. <laughs> so, Buggy the Clown is Captain Buggy of the Buggy Pirates, which are a circus-themed pirate crew. Um, he wants a map of the Grand Line as well. And uh, he captures the Straw Hats right after... Shellstown, right after they get the map. Yeah. Um, he's also one of those individuals with devil fruit powers. Now, his fruit was the chop-chop fruit, which allows him to divide his body up into smaller parts. Um, yeah. He's taken over this village and just destroyed it, called Orange Village. He's basically imprisoned all of the residents of the village, shackled them to their seats in this big circus tent, and forces them to basically watch his shows and applaud them. And if they don't, yeah. he punishes them really, I really terribly. I, I think I think we went to school with a couple of Bucky the Clowns. We might have. Yeah. Yes, I think we might have. He is obsessed with putting on shows and performances. 
the, he's a, he's a, he's ultimately defeated by the straw hats when uh, Luffy thinks to basically trap the different his different body parts because he can divide yeah, his body up like into smaller kicks parts. Kicks him into a bunch of into a bunch of chests, chests and like casks and stuff. Yeah, and uh, that's how they're able to escape and sort of free the free the village from him. From him, he he goes he goes, he flies off the handle and gets violent whenever he doesn't get the reception or response that he wants. But he's also beholden to the Arlong pirates. And uh, yeah. as soon as he basically extricates himself from the various chests and stuff, uh, one of Arlong's crew, a fishman named Kurobi, shows up and takes him back to Arlong by force, like literally knocks his ass mm-hmm. out and like drags him back to Arlong. Yeah. And Arlong wants to know where the map of the Grand Line is. And of course, uh, Buggy tells yeah. him, and you find out that one of the reasons Buggy knows is because Buggy left his ear in the hat band of Luffy, <laughs> Luffy's hat band to his hat. Yeah. So he's been able to hear everything that's going on. I had one point about Buggy. All right. That I, uh, that I want to make there. Um, okay. Like the chop chop fruit isn't like the, it's not the best of the devil fruits. I've, I was actually reading up on a bunch of them. Yeah. It's not the best of the devil fruit. It's not the most powerful there. But it's kind of one of those ones sort of like Luffy's where there's a lot more potential there than is being used. And Buggy and like and that particular power is completely wasted on this lunatic clown. Yeah. And it pisses me off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, At least at least Luffy uses his his uh, abilities. I mean, he's still discovering his uses for him, but at least he uses his abilities to the best of his ability yeah and and he's and he's willing to like he's willing to try and get like creative with it and do things there like the 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 chop chop fruit's not like i said it's not holy shit powerful but that's the kind of one that you could that you could get as a writer really creative with and it's just kind of wasted on this idiot yeah now i don't know how it plays out in the manga in the in the uh in the anime, as I, under, as I understand it, he is just as dumb and just as forgettable. Yeah, well, he's, he's um, he is, except he he sure he turns back up in the anime later. I mean, he, obviously, he does hmm. in this live action because there's a scene with him and Alvida at a bar, yeah, chatting. Um, Claudor, uh, Claudor is another pirate. He was originally Captain Kuro of the Black Cat Pirates. Um, he's decided he wants to essentially go legit. By stealing uh, the inheritance of a young girl whose parents he poisoned, um, he's also got two of his crew, like you do, uh, Bucci and Sham. Who uh, he's she's she's turning eighteen, so he's finally going to do the deed. Luffy and the Straw Hats basically completely disrupt his plans. Luffy by drinking the soup that they were going to feed Kaya to kill her. Yeah, um, he, he does have a uh, preternatural speed. Um, Ca- Claudor does. It's not from a devil's fruit. Yeah. It's not, it's not explained as I had, I had my, uh, my, my brother at one point go a little bit into some of the other yeah non devil fruit power systems in there, but they don't show up for, yeah, there's you know, show up there. They are hinted at with like GARPs you know, throwing the cannonball. 
Yeah, um, Garth throwing the cannonball at uh, the red hat, red shanks when he did when he just like looks at the ship and it explodes or whatever it was that uh, happened. Yeah, Mihawk. Um, yeah, but yeah, from and I actually looked at uh, Claudor's power, and it's never explicitly said which one of those. It's not a devil's fruit, but it never explicitly says which one of those powers his is anywhere. Because yeah. he, uh, another thing is he never shows back up. Some of the others, like Buggy the Clown and Alvida and stuff, show back up. He's never shown up since his story arc in the, either the manga or the anime. I'm kind of okay with that. I did not particularly care for him. <laughs> He's, he was, he worked well for what he was. Um, yeah. And yeah, but I think, it, I think he was, he was, Pretty distinctly one note. Yeah, very much so. Uh, of course, there's Kaya. She's the young daughter and uh, best friends with Usopp. And but very and much very much in love. The, yeah, they are so in love. It's like adorable and disgusting. And you want to just like choke them both. Yeah. And it's like just. Ah! And uh, we've already talked so pretty broadly about both Red Legged Zeph and Dracul Mihawk. So that leaves us with one last yeah. character to really discuss, and uh, yeah. it's sort of bring Nami in the in the show to kind of a close. Yeah, he's, which is he's, he's sort of the the villain of the this first season. Yeah, because it's all kind of yeah, you know, it's yeah. all sort of by his design, sort of. Yeah, which is Arlong, Arlong, who is a fishman. Yeah. Like I said earlier, uh, the fishmen are are a race of fish people. Um, yeah, he's the captain of the and, Arlong pirates. And according to him, he runs the East Blue and all the other pirates, uh, presumably play homage to him. Um, he's a fish supremacist, which basically... And pretty aggress- and pretty aggressively so. Yeah, basically like all humans and all the other races are inferior to fishmen. Yeah. He, but he, he believes that the, the uh, fishmen should be the rightful rulers of the world. And uh, he's, his goal is he wants to put a map of the entire world so he can basically attack every village and yeah. marine base there is. Oh, and know where every pirate, every pirate sanctuary is, every marine base. Yeah, and he basically wants wants the map to to bring yeah. everybody under under hill. Yeah, um, I, I do. I do like how they they showed how kind of profoundly powerful Nami is in this world. Yeah. Like her, like just the fact that she can make the maps, like she's, she has, she's quite powerful. Yeah. She, she has a ability that not a lot of people have, but everybody kind of needs. Um, yeah. It's because of her ability that Arlong comes to trust her. Um, he uses Buggy to track down the Straw Hats to Baratier, um, where him and his, his two fishmen, uh, I'm going to say first mate and other mm-hmm. guy. Karobi and Chu, uh, they call out Luffy and attempt to get the map back. And Luffy fights him, kind of gets his ass kicked. But right after the fight, Nami rejoins uh, Arlong and basically shows the other Straw Hats like, hey, I actually belong to these pirates. She's doing it really, one, so she can finish paying off the fee for her village to set, set a yeah. village free. And two, basically to rescue Luffy and the other straw hats so they don't get murdered by Arlong. It's kind of a way to, to, uh, yeah. deflect it. Um, yeah. So you kind of, you kind of learn and, and it's sort of, it's sort of been clear, sort of like been, been implied and, and clear there, but she's 
being kind of a dick. Yeah. In order, like, as like a, as kind of like, like a defense and as a means of, of, um, maximizing her, uh, what she can pull off, what she can do. Yeah. Which makes sense. Um, yeah. So, uh, Arlong also has the Marines in the, that region that he kind of controls for Coco Village and Arlong Park yeah. are in his pocket. Um, Some they really show up. stupid Marines. Yeah, they show up. He pays them a fine, but they're also kind of intimidated and scared of him. Um, Nami finally and has yet, ballsy enough to ask for more money. Yeah. Ask for a bigger bribe. Well, I like think it's, it's because like, they think they can wow. get the entire Marine, you know, they're, they're, they're confident they could get reinforcements probably. The, uh, yeah, he, but Nami, who's been sort of hiding the money in a, in a chest buried by her mother's grave. Um, she basically goes to Arlong after he sends her to get a tribute from the village. And says, Hey, I have the money to, to rescue Coco village and I'll give it to you. And Arlong's like, okay, okay. You know, let's talk. And then Arlong tips the Marines off that the money's there and they show up yeah. and, and confiscate it. And that's when Luffy and the other Straw Hats agree to basically help Nami. Because they, they, they follow her. She she leaves. They yeah. follow her. And, uh, and uh, at that point, it's actually a really beautiful recreation of both the anime and the, the manga of that scene where she's sitting in sitting in, uh, in the background with Luffy's hat when she says, will you help me? And he says, of course we yeah. will. And puts the hat on her and it's in the foreground. You see, um, you see Zoro, Luffy, Sanji, and Usopp. Oh, that one of my favorite little bits is when she sees them and she runs over and gives uh, Zoro and Usopp a giant <laughs> hug as <laughs> Sanji's just like, oh, yeah. Well, well fuck you too. Then. Yeah. In, in, the, in the anime and the manga, Sanji's this, this womanizer or would, would want to yeah, be a womanizer. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the, 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 the pervert trope. The, yeah. The one from that, um, there. He's, so it, it, I think I think that works better, but it's still it's still pretty clear that this is a uh, this is a, a trope from a well. I think different time. If you don't really. know, if you don't know anime right very well, I don't. Yeah. It doesn't. I don't. Feel, I don't feel like it feels too weird. Like it's it's played com- comedically, and it's he's not over the top. In the in the live yeah, action. He, he just he just comes out. He just comes off a little. Um, uh, uh, Fedora, yeah, Fedora Madam, but not so obnoxiously um, so. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, like like you you're not you're not like worried for you're not worried about what he might do. Yeah. Um. But but Arlong, he comes to an end when, when Luffy and the Straw Hats basically ta- attack Arlong Park, which is his base on the island, mm-hmm. and uh, Luffy destroys the building plus all of the maps that he's collected over the years that, that Nami has put together. Uh, the only one they have, the only one they sort of rescue is the map to the grand line. And they all kind of make an oath with their foot on the barrel stating what they want. And, uh, yeah, that is, that is the story of one piece. 
And as you were saying earlier, season one, the casting for this is phenomenal. There's a lot of oh yeah, a lot of the actors, especially the 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 minor characters and stuff. There are a lot of South African actors in yeah. in this. Um, um, if if anyone has uh, was it the the actor who plays Luffy? Yeah, um, he's in another show on Netflix called The Imperfects, which I watched and I I quite liked. I quite liked there. But the thing that's cool about The Imperfects is that he literally learned English. Like he's from he's from Mexico. He learned English for the role in uh the imperfects yeah. where it's it, it's an interesting show it's basically yeah that's that's one that it's one that might actually be fun to do uh eventually but i have to look into it um I, it, by the way yeah luffy's actor is inyaki godoy yeah love the dude yeah. he, like he he has he's reached the point as an actor where if he's in it i'm at least passively interested yeah I can see that. Like, I'll give it a go. Like, I'm willing to give it a go if he's in there. Yeah, I, um, I can see that. The other thing that I want to say about uh, the the casting stuff, and also just like some of the other things that they they did there, um, with like say with Arlo and with some of the fish people. Uh huh. Um, yeah. Arlong, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> like. Arlong is very is another one that's very clearly coded black. Like yeah. he is, he is a big, powerful black man. The fact that he is a sawtooth shark is kind of irrelevant. Yeah, but they didn't fall and, and with with a lot of these characters there, they didn't fall into the trap of having them become um stereotypes or car- or caricatures and some of that's just because the casting itself is so is so diverse and so great but mm-hmm. also just like uh like they're all just like well so well done um that yeah they yeah. just it's yeah, it's, it's, it's just well very written, well handled and it's and it's well acted and i think part of that yeah. comes from and the adaptation i also the- realized because one of the things that I, one of the things that honestly going up towards it, I was a little a little worried about, because you know, racial sensitivity is not something that uh, anime is very well known for. No, um, no, Oda can be better than others, but yeah, it's not exactly something that people think of. Um, just a, yeah, just another note. Uh, as far as the other yeah. other actors, Emily Rudd as Nami. She's she's been in a number of Netflix series. Uh, well. Mm movies and stuff uh fear street she's she's actually pretty good in those uh mckinney who is roronora Zoro, i think i'm pronouncing his name right mckinney uh is roronora zorro uh jacob romero who we talked a little bit about earlier as usopp uh taz skyler who apparently learned to cook <laughs> uh, that's actually really for, cool like, that I have a lot more reserve. like you know I he also I like, learned I, I he also learned that, learned that, to do the fight sequences the the kicks and stuff too for his character that's like that's pretty fantastic from everything that, from everything I've read about this kid this guy just yeah like if I was a woman I'd be swooning over the dude because or if I was attracted <laughs> to men I'd be swooning over the dude yeah because he's yeah. 
Yeah. Like the actual actors just like, Ugh. yes, yes. Uh, you're Morgan gonna have, is, you got one of those platonic crushes. Yeah. Morgan Davies is, as Kobe, Aiden Scott as Helmeppo. Mm-hmm. Um, the two big ones, Vincent Reagan as Garp and uh, Craig Fairbrass as Zeph. Are, yeah. And then oh, McKinley God, Belcher yeah. III as Arlong, who is mm-hmm. a big, black, powerful black man. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, I remember what, what I was going to say. Uh, part of the way that they did that is I like looked through. There's yeah. a bunch of these, fi- like a bunch of the fishmen, like visually are all over the place with what they would be race wise. Like there's, yeah. there's one who's like very, cl- who looks like, like a white, looks like the whitest dude, but also still a fish. Yeah. Um, so, so there isn't, so you don't get, you don't get that, that um, awkward. Cause I've, I've started to get really kind of annoyed with the, the the awkward metaphor yeah be like the oh you know like and it happens it happens with race it happens with with um sexual orientation you know being yeah. being trans whatever where it's like oh here's this here's this metaphor here and it's like so are you are you trying to say that all all black people are fish is that is that what you're going for because that's kind of what i'm taking away from this but by having like all of that mixed up, but having all the the fishmen all be like radically unique, like very unique and look like that. It doesn't feel. It doesn't feel. It doesn't feel that. And it was very well, yeah, very deftly handled with source with source material. That I mean, we're still we're still in the the arcs from the nineties and the early two thousands. Yeah, like that was not known for for doing this well. Yeah, yeah. So very much so. Um, well, let's, uh, let's touch on themes a little bit, uh, and then give our closing thoughts. Um, obviously friendships doing what's right by our friends. That's the one thing that Luffy's incredibly loyal to his friends. Once he considers Mm -hmm. you a friend, you are his friend. And that's one of those scenes where even though Nami betrays the group, he's, he's willing to go. He wants to go after her because like, well, she's still our friend. And even though both Sanji and, and Usopp are like, she literally belongs to another pirate crew and she, she sold us out yeah. for the map. Oh, there's one tiny thing that I just need to say and then, okay. and then, then move, on, move on there. One of the things, the, the attention to detail that they had uh-huh. that I was really kind of blown away with is after that scene – after, or after that episode where they get hit with the cannonballs and there's like the big chunks taken out of the ship, mm-hmm. those are still there even at the very end. Yeah, like they're not like and be, and it's be, you know they haven't had time to have them fixed. Yeah, and so they're not fixed. And I would just like it's a little thing, but it just it made I'm like that's 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 well that's well handled. They that's, did that's they done good. You done good. Yeah. Um. The other thing is being true to yourself, being being going after your dreams. Yeah. The, and one of the biggest thing is Luffy gets most upset by the individuals who sort of given up uh, or who are kind of betraying their dreams. Um, mm-hmm. One of the big key moments for me is is the, the scene with Zoro fighting Mihawk. Um, Nami's like, why didn't you stop him? And Luffy's like, well, it's his dream to be the best swordsman. I didn't think he could lose. <laughs> i actually i actually really i really loved the amount of times they, they had nami going like fucking boys man just like just, yeah. just idiots you just oh 
Yeah. Like <laughs> one of the one of the things I, I really love, uh, because mm. it, it, it makes fun of the, the, the anime trope of calling out your finishing move or calling out your special moves. Yeah. Was when, you know, the first time uh, Luffy's like gum gum pistol and does this whole stretchy yeah. arm thing that Morgan yeah. and Zoro's like, what was that? And he's like, all the, all the great heroes call out their finishing moves. And he's like, no, they don't. <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah. at the end, in the last episode, it's a, it's a nice bookend. Sanji does it. He he calls yeah. out his finish. I can't remember what it is, but he called out his finishing yeah. move. Yeah. And Zoro's like, ah, oh, yeah, you're going to fit right in. Yeah. Like, <laughs> What like watching Zoro and Luffy and their their friendship, because it's basically just Luffy slowly grinding away at, at Zoro until he until Zoro just like gives up. He's like, "Fine, we're friends now." Yeah, he's like, God. "Okay, I'm part of your crew." Um, like, fuck. The last the last major theme that that. I mean, keep in mind these are just the stuff that we gather off the surface. We're not they're not literary analysts we're not doing like deep no, dives into no. this. And, and and also i'm not trying to be a, a literary analyst no cause... neither am i this is just the stuff yeah. that this we catch uh while we watch mm-hmm. it um but the last thing is doing what's right regardless of the labels that you're given to by society like luffy's a pirate and pirates yeah. are, are seen as an anathema and a blight on on yeah. this world but mm-hmm. he wants to help protect people he wants to he wants to save people that are, are innocent and not you know, he wants to make sure the yeah. innocent are, are safe. Um, I mean, you can see why Garp would be so frustrated with Luffy because he would make a fucking amazing Marine. But at the same time, Luffy yeah, also but, but, Luffy also yeah. got that attitude, not just from his grandfather, but from Redhead, Redhead, Redhead Shanks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. Redhead yeah, Shanks. Absolutely. And a lot of this stuff, and this, and it comes back in some of the scenes with flashback scenes with Redhead Shanks, where he's just where the the marauders show up the first time and they make the big mess, and Shanks is sweeping it up, and Luffy's like, "Why didn't you, you know, murder those guys?" And Shanks is like, "He just broke some bottles. He, I mean, he insulted me. It doesn't hurt my feelings. It does. I don't care. Like all he mm. only harm he did is he broke some glass and cleaned the mess up. It's yeah. not a big deal. It doesn't come." Uh, to a to a point where Shanks yeah. needs to feels like he needs to use violence until the Marauders actually harm one of Shanks' friends, a, a, you know Luffy and the and the barmaid. At that point, he's like, "All right, now we have to do violence. Now we have to fight these guys because they're hurting our friends. Yeah, they're hurting people yeah. who are innocent." Fun yeah. fact, like I, said, I just huh? I was going to say, fun fact in that scene because the scene plays out similarly in the anime, mm. but. Uh, Lucky Rue, the dude with the green outfit with yeah. the likes to eat. He's also he's also the in the anime, he's the first person you see kill somebody. And he ah, doesn't not quite the same way, but in the anime he like walks up and takes his gun and goes and just shoots the dude in the head. <laughs> and so it's it's close, but not quite. But it it's they actually kept that that dynamic in the in the live action, which I thought was fun. Anyway, sorry I interrupted your your point, your comment garp and shanks the like are have clearly clearly were the two big uh things to shape luffy luffy 
yeah. Luffy there. And I just, and I brought it up just like the, the Garps thing there, like because like like why Garps pushes him so hard? Because there, there's even like. I mean, there's even like with like it's Garps reminds me a fair bit of my own grandpa, yeah. um, not necessarily in a good way, um, but he, uh, but there's there's that 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 drive that that move forward and there's something there's something more than just like oh no you're my like you're my uh, you know you're my grandson you have to do what I say whatever yeah. Yeah. is like there is a distinct like the you don't even understand how good a Marine you could be, like how good a Marine you could be. And yeah. all this silly pirate shit that you want to do, yeah. you could do legit as a, as, as a Marine here, yeah. pushing it there. And then him and then Luffy kind of like breaking, a breaking away from it. Yeah. Well, I think, and, and this is one of those, those points, uh, and it's it's another really nice little scene with Kobe and Garp when mm. you know Garp sort of asks Kobe, you know, kind of conveys his frustration towards Kobe about Luffy. And Kobe's like, Luffy knows what he is, exactly what he is. And yeah. Garp goes, What's that? And he's like, He's a pirate. Like, Luffy's always known he's a pirate. You know, and Kobe kind of conveys that to Garp. Like, yeah. Luffy's always yeah. been a pirate. Like he's he's always going to yeah. be a pirate. He's and and I think that's the one thing that the the show does well in the anime and probably the manga as well. They do very well. Is it shows that none of these groups are black and white. Are there more bad pirates than good pirates? Probably, but they yeah, give, most likely they I give. Mean. But at the same time, there are tons of bad marines. You you look at uh, Axan yeah. Morgan. Um, and the mm-hmm. the captain that Arlong's got in his pocket, like well, I mean, also you look at like hell, even uh, Garp from a couple of different perspectives. Like yeah. from Luffy's perspective, he's not all that bad. From the from the Watcher's perspective, he's he's actually pretty good. But the fact that he just kind of decides what rules he's going to uh, enforce, yeah. And, and even how talks about he's that. going to do it is kind of yeah, and he even talks about it. He basically says like, look, there's there's some shades of gray, and you've you've got to be willing to 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 wade into those waters if you want to yeah, you know, protect the world. But but that's the the last thing is like just doing what what's right because of those label in spite of what labels a society gives you yeah, and there's not oh yeah necessarily good or bad. It, it, it's nothing's black and white. But uh, yeah. anyway. Anything else you want to add before we move on to our final thoughts? Uh, no, I think we're, I think I'm good moving to final thoughts. All right. Uh, do you want to go first? Uh, you go first. I went first with the our hospital stories. Oh, fair enough. All right. So uh, I couldn't have loved this series more. Like this is my favorite thing I've watched in 2023. Uh, I've watched it twice. I've watched the first episode like three or four times. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually probably, wholly disappointed that I didn't get that I didn't get I didn't time it out such that I got to watch it yeah again before this. Well, if we if we'd done it on Friday, we, you could have, but I wouldn't have had enough time to edit it for next week's release. Yeah, so. it's fair. Um, but I will probably watch it again here in the next next month or so. I really really love this this series. I've actually started watching the anime, and I, I'd watched the first the East Blue saga, the first section of the anime that the. Live actions based on 
Yeah. Like two years ago, I watched it. Uh, I'm, I've started rewatching it. Um, it's the anime's fun. It's, it's a Shonen Jump anime. So it has its flaws. It has those unnecessarily long arcs where like half of the arc is just them fighting and talking while they fight. Um, <laughs> Which is, yeah. is is normal. It's a yeah. like I say, it's a normal Shonen Jump anime. The, the, in that those, those, those echoes of Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, and but it, it's still enjoyable. It's still fun to see. Um, the world yeah. building is phenomenal. Um, I really, really hope, especially where Oda is working on the last arc. If ideally it would take him, it'll take him two or three years to finish. The an the anime will be a year behind. They could have the full story to work with in like three or four years, Netflix could. I hope yeah. they, they, this goes on for 10 seasons. I hope they're able to, to, to adapt the entire story and we actually see all of it in live action. Um, because I think, I think it's worth it. I think the actors deserve to see this story played out, at least coming to a nice conclusion. Um, I think the writers deserve it. I think Oda deserves seeing it, you know, He's he's gonna get to yeah. see it for the manga and the anime, but I think he deserves to see it for the live action too because he's been so involved, the mm -hmm. producers. So, I want this to go on, and now we we may not touch on this, we may not touch on season two when it comes out. We might it just depends on what's going on, with the podcast. Frank, Frank. Well, let's be honest here. Well, I mean, just let's be honest with it. Let us be honest with ourselves. <laughs> we probably if season will. two comes out. We're gonna do. It. We probably will, but we may not. You don't know. You don't know. But anyway. I can make some very safe assumptions. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I uh, yeah, I love this. This I wanna see I wanna see this whole thing adapted to live action. Yeah. And it's gonna be fun seeing how they do some of the weirder characters later on. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, your your thoughts. Um, I fought against watching this for a long time. I avoided it for I avoided it for a while because I didn't want to deal with the the discourse because there's a lot of there's a particularly high level of fanboydom with there the is. One Piece. Um, and I and I I will always like if 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 the fanboys get to me before I've had a chance to watch it on my own, I'm going to resist watching it. Yeah, almost perpetually. It's just it, it's a it's a it's the defense response. It's an, it's an oppositional defiant thing, yeah. I guess. Um, but that being said, uh, I knew I was going to watch it, or I knew I was going to like it, and you know what? I did. I thought it was fantastic. I thought uh, a lot of the things that I was worried about, like uh, like I said, the the thing with the 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 stereo like the the racial stereotypes and some of those those things there I was frankly worried about some of that and they handled it all really well I mean the whole thing was just fantastic and then the the characters and the way the characters interacted I mean like Luffy and Zoro's relationship Luffy and Su like I mean like if nothing else the Nami like Nami and Zoro's relationship is immensely complicated is, is immensely complicated in all of the best possible ways and that completely took that completely took me by surprise um like it was like the whole thing it was just well handled and it was better than i thought it was going to be because it really could have been a fucking trash fire yeah and it was not no 
you know? In fact, it was really good. Yeah, exactly. So, there you have it, folks. One Piece, yeah. really good. Indeed. Yeah. So, next time, uh, we are going to talk about the comic created by John Lehman and Rob Gilroy, entitled Chew. Nom, 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 yeah. nom, nom. And with that, uh, that does it for our show. So um, tune in next time for Chew. Tune in next time for our throwback episode, which I'm not sure what we're doing yet, but I'll find yeah, something it does. fun. It's all good. It's uh, actually, uh, I, I have an idea, but we'll, we'll leave it as a surprise. Anyway, anything you'd like to yeah. add, John? Uh, not my hunky boys! <laughs> there we go. Relevant to Our Interests is hosted by John Pellestine and Frank Shaw. Produced and edited by Frank Shaw. The music arranged by Frank Shaw. Scripting by John Belliston and Frank Shaw. Graphic design by Frank Shaw and Nathan Newell. You can contact us at relevanttourinterests at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and what used to be Twitter. John and Frank are on many other social media platforms. Hit us up. You can listen to us everywhere you listen to podcasts.